Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the 9320 Pod Friday Show, where we will be looking back at the week Manchester City won the Premier League title, as you're probably aware. Looking forward to uh, to a celebration, no doubt, at Swansea on Sunday, and probably looking at everything in football as well. A look at everything that's been going on this week in the wider world. Delighted to be joined by two big hitters, as always. Uh, good morning first to Mr Sam Lee. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, how how you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very, looking shaping up to be a busy Friday. I always get the buzz when there's news going on, even though I'm covering City now. This whole Wenger story is very interesting. Yeah, well, you can have a few words in a minute about him. Yeah. <laughs> very mixed views, I think, from everyone about uh, Wenger. Uh, uh, and also, delighted to be joined by the heavily doped Steve Tudor. Good morning, <laughs> Steve. Legally, but yes, Le- hello. Yeah, unlike the City team, legally. <laughs> that was off air. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, I always mentioned it once a show. <laughs> yeah. uh, I should mention you've got an abscess answer and been in absolute agony, so I really appreciate you coming on today. So. Always a pleasure, never a chore, unlike what's going on in my gob right now. Yeah, well, we'll move on because I know you don't want to think about it. Uh, yeah, breaking news this morning. I've got two opening questions away. Well, the second one is kind of city, really. But the first one, Arsene Wenger has finally announced that he's leaving in the summer. So I'll start with you, Sam. Your thoughts on him as a whole, a polarising manager, uh, to say the least. Yeah, I know a lot of City fans have come to really dislike him in the last couple of yeah, years. And like United fans, I should say, but I'll, I'll explain. Oh, no, no, of course, but I mean, it just seems like United fans have... I mean, there's an obvious rivalry between Arsenal and United, which goes back years. And there's, I think there's actually a documentary on Channel 5 on Monday night about, yeah, yeah, about the two, which looks, which looks yeah. interesting. Um, but City, in the last called, couple yeah. of years, it seems to have kicked off, and particularly around the Sterling comments earlier in the season, which you know were beyond the pale, I suppose. They were out of order. Um, but overall, yeah, there's just kind of two parts to his Arsenal career, really. There was, you know, the the unknown visionary visionary who came in and not only shook shook up English football. Well, sorry, I've ruined that. <laughs> not only shook up Arsenal, but English football as well. Yeah. But then there's the second half where, you know, it's it's been increasingly disappointing from an Arsenal point of view. Um, there's so many different things that play into that, you know, moving the stadium. He did very well to keep them competitive. When they when they moved the stadium and the years after that to kind of to service the the money spent, but then in the last few years he's just kind of you know been trying to hold back the tide basically and railing against spending. And as much as it's maybe a principled stance, it's it's not realistic. He hasn't really moved with the times in maybe tactically and financially, um, you know, and, and maybe having taken the club so far, maybe he got to the stage where he he held them back as well and. He, he, I've always, I've always maintained he deserves a great deal of respect, um, and I probably a lot of people listening to that would probably say he doesn't after some of the things he said recently, and again the Sterling things. Um, but at the same time, and I've I've spoken about this at length on this podcast. If I were an Arsenal fan, I'd I'd be one of those people who you know reached the conclusion about five or six years ago, maybe longer. Yeah, they he, it was time to go. So I think it's been a long time coming. Really, he, I think the narrative will shift now. These last few games, you know, you know like City, the end of City season is now a celebration in a in a completely different way. The end of Arsenal season is going to be a celebration of of Wenger and you know a, a thanks thanks for their memories kind of thing. Before you know they get a huge opportunity to to move on. Yeah. I think you've summed up my feelings quite well. The reason I mentioned United was uh, 
I remember, I just remember tiny things, you know, like your, your brain remembers little things. I was speaking to a United fan seven, eight years ago, minimum. And he said, uh, and he was really annoyed about Wenger because he said, uh, because Ferguson was still there and obviously Ferguson had this, you know, reputation of being, you know, a horrible, nasty person in a way. And he, he got a lot of the media attention for that, for, you know, for the way he acted with referees, officials, or, you know, he had this, this profile. And, it, and uh, the reason my friend was upset, he said, Wenger's worse. He's, he's grace, the most graceless man, and he gets away with it. He's a professor. He's, you know, he's got, it's just made out to be this clever, erudite person, which he is, uh, but gets away with the darker side of stuff. Uh, so it always stuck with me that. And over the last few years, you, you know, you've alluded to a few things, Sam. I can see where it's coming from with that, uh, that some people get an easier ride than others, but he certainly has had plenty of criticism last few years, so I think that's wore away. And as you say, he's, he's gone. He's overstayed his welcome far too much. Uh, Stay. anything you'd want to add to No, I'd be much in, in full, agree, uh, full agreement with all of that. I think um, over the years we can kind of split his, his reign in two, uh, and from a fan you can too, because for the first half... I was thoroughly jealous of Arsenal supporters. Yeah. For the second half, I had, you know, kind of sympathy for a fan base I don't particularly like. <laughs> yeah, almost. So, <laughs> almost, yeah. And so, well, actually, at times, outright sympathy because, you know, he clung on in there and it was quite apparent to, to everyone uh, other than himself and, you know, a, a kind of board who he seemed to have an overly good relationship with, if that kind of makes sense. Um Every, it was so clear that he, he really should have moved on, um, like Sam says, about five years ago. So uh, the past couple of years, it's been exasperating. Um, it, it's been a very unusual situation where kind of rival fans are almost as annoyed at the situation yeah. as the Arsenal fans themselves. Yeah, very true. Well, rest in peace, Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> <laughs> God help them if they get someone really good now, because yeah. what they're going to do. What, what we mean, want is just to get someone who's quite likeable, pretty decent, nothing kind of controversial. Oh, that'd be the end of the world for him. Yeah. Well, Sean Dyche. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it should never be uh, over... You know, we cannot exaggerate the effect he had on English football when he moved. And, you yeah, know, there'll be a lot of looking back at, you yeah, know, in the next couple of months. And he did change English football, but... It's been tarnished somewhat by you know overstaying his welcome, but yeah, it's an interesting times ahead for Arsenal. Uh, and I imagine I can't see him going anywhere else. So the end of a career for Wenger. Uh, but I mentioned Sean Dyche because my original opening question, and we'll be brief because people may be bored of this now. The Manager of the Year award. Uh, I'll start with you, Steve. Do you care? Do managers care? And who should it be anyway? I know well, you. I know you did an article on the playing side of it. Mm. Uh, yeah, obviously the, the Salah versus De Bruyne debate. Uh, uh, there's yeah. essentially now a Daesh. <laughs> well, Matt Law named about 11 oh, managers who could win it. The Telegraph, in a desperate attempt to, for hits, had uh, co- correspondents naming about 60. Uh, did someone actually mention Eddie Howe as a. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, it's boiled down to Dyche should get it over Guardiola. What's your thoughts, and do you think managers care? Well, I, I would start with a question to you both. Uh, one I genuinely don't know the answer to. I th- well, I think traditionally, uh, the manager of the year is voted by the Premier League sponsors. 
uh, I think. So it would obviously be Bar- Barclays. Uh, but now, the- am I right in saying that Premier League don't have an official sponsor? And if so, yeah. do you know who was actually voting no, on who's... Like the player award, there's more than one, I think. So there's right. an LMA, so I think the managers vote on one. And I think that's the one that people are talking about. Right. But there has been two, and the, the approach has che- has been a bit different. One tends to... One and more than other is honoured league-winning managers. Mm. The other one hasn't. So, But if we look at it as a general, you know, if the managers were to vote, or if, if, then if, I, we, then uh, if we imagine that there's one vote, you know, if there's just one award and it's for a Premier League manager, yeah. how do you think it should be judged? Yeah, but it, it, it's it's fundamentally important to, to know who's voted, really, because that's the whole kind of uh, premise you know what you can uh, hang it on. So, for example, if it is other I managers, think I think it's the sponsors. I think it's sponsors. is it the sponsors, yeah. right? Because if it was Barclays. the managers, even though they're I'd not be... called the Barclays Premier League, I think it's still Barclays. Okay, okay, right. well, because if it was the managers, I wouldn't mind if it was Sean Dyche. You know, I wouldn't mind if they thought if he looked at kind of what he's done and what he's had to work with with his resources. That would make sense to me. If it's the sponsors, if it's someone other than Premier League managers, um, it would just be surreal if it's not Pep. Frankly, considering what City have done this season uh, and what he's brought to the to the, the English game against all the odds and against uh, all the kind of you know the, everyone wanting him to fail and and kind of desperate for him to fail and and it's so kind of how how much more can he prove people wrong? You know, he couldn't have done it in a, in a finer style than, than what he's done. Um, and City are set to smash all these records and a style of football to boot. Um, it would be bizarre if, if it was Sean Dyche. I mean, when you when you ask the question, just kind of hearing it out loud, because I've read up on it, you know, in this past week or two, but hearing it out loud, Dyche or, or Pep, come on, what what on earth? It would be like... Um, it would be like... Just this little Ingler, Englander kind of celebration of ourselves. Um, it'd be embarrassing. I, I genuinely would be embarrassed if I, if that transpires. I mean, I can't see it happening. I think Pep would win, but if he doesn't, come on, where on earth are we? Yeah, I mean, we all know that three times Pulis has won it, Antti, I think. Pardew won it yeah. instead of Mancini. <laughs> yeah. And Redknapp, you know, pre-City. Uh, I think Redknapp won it in 2008. But it's only did, when did City win the league, place? though, isn't it? I have to think, Howard. It's, yeah. It is only when City win the league. Suddenly then it's like, oh, this... And, and I think you summed it up perfectly on Twitter when you said there will always be a Sean Dyche. Every yeah. season there's a Sean Dyche. There's someone who uh, overachieves with whatever resources he has and usually finishes around the 6th, 7th or 8th mark. And that is entirely commendable. I'm not diminishing that achievement whatsoever. No. Burnley have been amazing this year for what the other players that they have. But there will always be a Sean Dyche. This season, though, what we've seen with Pep Guardiola is utterly unique. It's innovative. It's it's just opens things up. I mean, it's very apt that we've just been talking about Wenger and what he brought to the English game. And now we're, we're kind of seeing a similar kind of uh, reimagining of English football that should be rewarded, surely. Yeah, Sam, do you agree or do you um, care? <laughs> no, I, I can't. Do I managers? Do, I do uh, care. Do managers care? Well, um, well, Guardiola didn't want his awards last year. You know, we saw the picture of him 
when he got a manager of the month award, you know, he was really he looked really pissed off. And we, I saw I saw his I saw his debate with the press officer before that. The press officer was saying, you know, you need to need to do this or whatever. And he and he was like, I don't I don't want to do it basically. And then obviously the next one when he got it this season, I think he he made sure it was with all the staff. And I think you know that that's obvious for his approach. I'm not sure about the others. Um, I'm sure I can imagine you know Pardew would love to get it. You know, people like that it depends on your personality. Um, the other thing, yeah, you've you've summed it up really well. Actually, I didn't I didn't know you'd said that, but um, yeah, there'll always yeah. there'll always be a Sean Dyche kind of thing, and yeah, I agree with Steve. He he has you know achieved a lot this season with the kind of um, resources and that kind of stuff. But again, I agree with Steve. And it's just only in England, only in England yeah. could that happen. Well, just say, just meeting two veg footballers, Colin Moore would call it. You know, just well, this is you know this is a great achievement because. It, this is our kind of football. We don't really understand what Guardiola does, so it's probably money. So he can't win it. Let's give it to Daesh. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it would really. It would, yeah, I, I do care. It would really annoy me if Daesh wins it. <laughs> uh, yeah. If City had won on goal difference again or a point, then I can slightly almost understand. You know, someone like mm. Daesh coming to the fore. But but considering that we're still on four hundred points. <laughs> And the many other records that I just don't have the time to list to you. Both. <laughs> There's one of the, it's, it's that becomes it's even more like ridiculous. It's too good. People are all. Oh, it's too good. It's almost like it doesn't count. It's like there's no logic to that whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, quick one, Sam. There. Do you th- I've got a theory that players care more. I think about Messi and Ronaldo, which is kind of a, a unique rivalry. In you know, every year with their award ceremonies, where they kind of sit there pretending to be friends, yeah. as one of them wins. <laughs> yeah, the, the the bigger player of the year award. Uh, is it Ballon d'Or? I always get the yeah. yeah. The, I always get the scoring and the player ones mixed up name wise. Uh, do you think players care more than managers? Do you think yeah? If Kevin De Bruyne gets a glitzy end of award, end of season award ceremony, gets in a in a team game, do you think they appreciate an award more than say someone like Pep would? Um, again, it probably just depends on the individual. I, I, De Bruyne has been asked about it a lot this season. I, you know, I don't think he's actually going to get it now. I think. I think Salah, Salah actually has won it, like unofficially. Mm. Um, but I think dude, whenever De Bruyne has been asked about that and the Ballon d'Or, he genuinely seems not that bothered. And I always like the way De Bruyne talks about football in general because he's it's just kind of just different to to everyone else. He's he's a bit looser with what he says and just a bit more honest and open. But I genuinely get the feeling he's he's not that bothered about it. And I, you know, it comes down to the individual. Uh, you know, if if I was a, if I were a player, you know, if I were playing in the City team and I won. Player of the year, I'd I'd be absolutely delighted to get it because that's just how I am. But there's probably people like De Bruyne and loads of others who aren't that bothered. And yeah, I suppose it just depends on on the individual involved. Yeah, I always think De Bruyne is like Pep on Pep's on field representative now. Yeah, yeah, and he talks and thinks the same way. So yeah, of all the players who wouldn't really be that bothered, and he voted for Salah, didn't he? So. Just the last word yeah, on um, if yeah. someone was so bothered, sorry, sorry, Steve. So if someone was that bothered, if he was that bothered, he would have voted for someone rubbish to, to increase <laughs> tactical voting. But he, yeah. yeah, but he voted for Salah. Yeah. Uh, well, just the last word on on Daesh, Um I, I think we have to kind of, a, a large factor as well is that it's so obviously it so obviously should go to Pep that it's just an established fact. It's not it's it's not even subjective really. It's you know, Pep has by far and away been the best coach in the English uh, league this year, so he should get it. Yeah. And so people can't just write about that. There's no story there. And so a lot of it I think comes down to kind of alternative hot takes. Yeah, people right. saying, Well actually, what about this instead? So you know, some of it can be taken with a pinch of salt. Yeah, I think the narrative 
has been ruined somewhat by losing at home to Chelsea because there, there was probably a few praying they'd finish up of Arsenal because then they had the reason there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the seventh, as you say, the seventh, eighth, ninth positions, uh, there's always a team, yeah, there's a team that finishes there. They've got about 1.5 points a game. Uh, they do it on a, a low budget, but it's not scored. Yeah, you know, the stats are terrible. They've not scored many goals. They don't score. Yeah, you know, it's just great organisation and defending. Loads of credit for what he's done. I had them down as obvious relegation candidates. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, that's one thing saying you've, you've achieved, you know, you've done better than you should and winning the manager of the year. But we shall see. I think I think Pep wins that and Salah wins the player one, to be honest. That's probably how it pans out. Uh, but anyway, let's move on and let's look back at the week because, after all, uh, City were named champions in the middle of us doing the review pod uh, at the weekend. So we've not had a proper talk about uh, City being champions since then. So, State, uh, just general question, real general question, really. Mm. Uh, your feelings on how it came about? Was it an anticlimax for you? Does it not matter? Players <laughs> seem to matter. Uh, the media reaction and uh, just really... Now that we know how the season's panned out, we'll probably discuss this more with a proper review, but you know, just your feelings on how the week's been for you and if, it, if you think it's been a success for City as a whole. Yeah, well, undoubtedly. Um, it's been fantastic. It's uh, just a couple of interactions I've had this week, one with a United fan, one with a Liverpool fan. The United fan, on the night of uh, their defeat to West Brom, and he meant this. This is why I'm bringing it up. It wasn't kind of pub banter, you know. He, he genuinely could see in his face he meant it. He said, um, "He goes, oh, well done on winning the league." I was like, "Thank you." He's like, "Like I'd done it." <laughs> he yeah. said, "Yeah." He said, um, "Oh, it's a shame, though, isn't it, mate? It's a shame that you know you you, you won it like this, but you know, hey, hey, it's, it's a league, mate. It's a title." He said it like that, like it was. I don't. I love the fact that United lost and we won the league consequently. Because of that, it's great. We lost to West Brom. It was fantastic. I was laughing my head off. It was a really nice bonus. I, I thought it would go down to uh, the Swansea game, as yeah. it was that particular day. Hey, we won the league, uh, which brings me on to the second uh, kind of discussion which I had last night with a Liverpool fan who said, "You know, oh, I haven't seen you since the Champions League game," and you know, with that smile that they have and all the rest of it. Um, and it's just felt wonderful to just kind of, you know, just say, "Oh yeah, we." Uh, won the league last, last week. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you some time about what it feels like, you know, and you'd think after three times that, you know, you get used to it. You don't. It feels great <laughs> every time. Oh, it's wonderful. I'd highly recommend it. So, yeah, it's it's been a, a week of, of being a dick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and it's felt great. That's what it's all about. You know, that's, that's our reward for kind of, you know, all the hours we put in, all the suffering we do. For, for a week or two afterwards, we could be a dick. And um, it's felt great. I'm going to spread it out well, well into next season. Anyway. Yeah, well, well into the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said on the pod that ideally, obviously, I'd rather win it against United, but you know, we're not going over that again. Uh, I'd rather win it, you know, at a ground in front of the fan, yeah, you know, with the people around me on the full time whistle. Uh, but it's not the biggest factor in the world, and yeah, United stopped. I mean, this is this might sound bitter. I'm sounding like. As a United columnist now, but uh, it would have been terrible for United fans that were at the ground because they, yeah, City won the title on their full time whistle and they'd have yeah. to leave the ground knowing that, that that result had just lost, you know, had won City the title. Uh, if you sat at home, maybe less so, but yeah, I don't think you can, I don't think any United fan can really make out that this was the best 
way for them to do it. Yeah, if we won against Swansea, they could have just turned the internet off for the day and done their own thing. But this is embarrassing in a way. Yeah, for it to happen that way. Uh, Sam, can I just ask you, uh, as an outsider, so to speak, and as a journalist, uh, are we seeing paranoia from City fans that yeah, you know, the media reaction this week? How have you taken it? As generally, this team, City team, is brilliant, or people looking for excuses that you know, that we're kind of used to now because of the expenditure and the original source of the team's income and so on. How do you think the reaction to winning the league has been? In in the actual media, I'm not sure I'm not sure if there's been too many people reaching for excuses. Obviously on the night it was done, all the all the main newspapers and all their main Manchester correspondents all wrote not similar pieces I'm not slagging them off but you know similar pieces you know full of detail about the season and how good City have been and the secrets behind it you know I I did a similar one that kind of thing so they were very much celebration pieces I mean I I think most of the detractors and the people saying what about this and it could have been against United and the money are just you know just fans basically of just fans of other clubs um, and one notable exception who calls himself a journalist? But that's a I, 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 name names. That's about it. I think it's quite obvious. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about it. Um, but you know, it's it doesn't it doesn't really stand up to scrutiny. You know, the the kind of stuff that's um, being put across by those kind of um, detractors because you know a lot of them have a vested interest in in United and you know we're, we're all we're all grown men. If we look if we look past the clubs we support or were brought up supporting. Can can you not just find in you to give credit where it's due, and not just try and belittle every kind of achievement that that anybody has in life? You know, it's it's a maybe I've said it on this podcast as well. It's just it's a kind of society thing where anything yeah. new or different has to be shit for whatever reason, yeah. and it's magnified when it comes to football as well because people are have such vested interests in it. But no, I don't. I, I genuinely don't think since the title's been won, there's been too much of a kind of backlash in the media trying to play it down. Yes, there have been, you mentioned that Telegraph article where, you know, there was 10 different journalists or whatever and there was one Guardiola nomination and and nine for others. But, you know, I've I've, I've just seen now another 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 newspaper has asked their writers who should replace Arsene Wenger and, you know, a, a lot of those seem like mad shouts to me. So, it, <laughs> I think it just comes down to opinion. But, I mean, there's definitely some people in the media who have over the last two seasons, you know, they've, they seem to be very gleeful when Guardiola wasn't doing well and were very quick to say he needed to adapt and he needed to change his ways and maybe they would never work. Um, but since the title's actually been won, I don't think there's any, you know, serious journalist, serious pundit who's who's looked to directly detract from what City have done on the basis of of money or or anything else. Yeah, the only, the only real things are just the kind of push in the last week for Dash to win Manager of the Year, which is... Yeah. Just, just like I said earlier, only in England. Yeah, but there is. A, I mean, obviously, when you start, yeah, you know, uh, City the best team, but you know, just, just, and I must admit that, despite their risable celebrations on Sunday night, and yeah, that's just a level of yeah. When you can't write impartially, then it's not even worth opening articles, is it? I just, I think as City, you know, as City fans, we criticise our own enough, and that's what annoys me. It's just. The actual bias in people who you know who support a certain club is makes it uh, quite painful online nowadays. But I guess that's just social media nowadays. So, uh, 
state. Mm-hmm. We'll I've put in the notes. Uh, looking ahead now, will Pep be defined by winning the Champions League ultimately? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if let's just assume he stay, he gets uh, stays for another two years, let's say wins the league both times, trio three years on the row winning the league, but doesn't win the Champions League, would you consider that a failure? And um, would the no. would the owners? No, I, I, neither would the owners. I think it would be just you know a great disappointment rather than deemed kind of you know um, being let down in any way, um, and it wouldn't be kind of considered a failure by Blues. I mean, just saying that it's such an obvious point. Um, it doesn't even need saying, I guess. Um, but you, you use the word define there, and you know, sadly, I think that that there is some kind of relevance to that. Uh, when looked at you know the big picture and how his career will be looked back on in years to come and how this Manchester City team will be looked back on in years to come. Uh, I've gone on record on the, on this very pod saying that City need to win the Champions League in the next three years. Um, I hate saying it, you know, I hate thinking it, but I just really do believe that's true. I, I think uh, the word that's used these days on, on Twitter is, you know, asterisk. Uh, I, I usually you kind of caveat, but you don't want a great team to have an asterisk or a, or a mm. caveat, you know, for, for the people to say, yeah, but they never. Um, great de- teams aren't followed, but yeah, but they never. Um, and it would, it would be exasperating as well as a blue looking ahead, you know, in the seventies or whatever, talking to a couple of old timers. Well, me, myself being one by then as well. Uh, and then, then looking back at my, the club I support and saying, you know, Oh yeah, you had a great team under Guardiola, didn't you? But, but you never won the champions league. Mm. It would just be exasperating because I would know what we achieved and what I saw and what we experienced. So I just don't want that. So, um, yeah, I think it will ultimately come down to that, the Champions League. I think that's what defines Pep in general. That's what defined him at Bayern and at Barca. Um, and I, I hate that that's true, but it is true. Very quick question then, to flip it, Twin Citizen asked on Twitter, if if Pep won the Champions League next season, but not the league, would that be seen as progression? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I put, put a great deal of stock in, in City winning back-to-back titles, but at the same time, it's become this kind of um, easy cliche people are kind of spouting in recent weeks now. People are kind of just saying it without putting much thought into it. Oh, yeah, but you know, to be a great team, you're going to win it back-to-back. There is some truth in that, of course, but I think people are overemphasizing that now. It's, it's not the be-all and end-all. If we don't win the league next year, it's because there is another four or five extremely good clubs with a lot of money to invest over the summer to compete against. And one of them, well, it better does. Um, and then if you win the Champions League instead, when you're up against the continent's elite, yeah, that'll do. I'll take that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Sam, is a, I don't know what you know, uh, but even if you know nothing, you can, <laughs> you can give your opinion. Is a contract extension now looking likely for Pep? And feelings on how long you think you could stay. Yeah, it's... Just, it's I just saw it uh, quickly there. Urban Spaceman on Twitter says something uh, that I liked. He said, there's a lot of media talk about Guardiola's three-year contract cycle and burnout. But given Pep's free of club politics, which he's not had a lot in the past, and being totally free to coach a city, surely there's a chance he could be here five to six years, especially with such a young team. And quite a few people replied that quite relevant points about would he not want to see? I mean, we've got, you know, he likes Sane Sterling, 
Jesus, does he not want to stay and see players like that develop and Laporte and all that? Would that mean a lot and you know make him stay, uh, or is he, does he still get? Do you think he still gets as stressed as ever, and has a, a life cycle on how long he can stay at a club? Um, well, to go back to the first question, you said, is it likely? It's been likely for ages, basically. I remember in October, November, being told that you know he. They'd sort it out in the summer because you know, obviously, at that point, City were doing well, but it was like we don't want to, we don't want any distractions or whatever. And at the same time, Guardiola wouldn't have wanted to sign a contract if City had, had another season this year like they had last year because he wouldn't want to be seen to be rewarded for you know failing basically. Because yeah. you can imagine, you can imagine the reaction if if City had had exactly the same season. Um, so it, yeah, it's always been on the cards. I was actually told in March, and it may be wrong, that it had actually been agreed, and it's a year extension, and it will just be one of those rolling agreements he normally does. Um, so yeah, I guess that'll be announced. I don't know, maybe within a week of the end of the season. Yeah, um, kind of like when City signed Bernardo Silva straight on the back of the Watford game last year. You know, less than a week. Um, may, maybe they would do it then. So yeah, I don't, I don't see there being a problem with that at all. As for the other points, yeah, I think Urban Space One makes a really good point because at Barca, you know, he was fighting a lot of battles there. And, you know, there was a president came in, he didn't have the exact same ideas as him. At Bayern Munich, he was always kind of explaining himself. It was never his club, was it? You know, he was the custodian of it. But, you know, they had yeah. former players everywhere telling him what he should be doing and, and that kind of thing. And even, even when it was going well. But it's kind of amazing to think that, you know, he had three years at Bayern. And, you know, we had the two disappointing Champions League semi-finals. And in, in the third season, you know, they had the, they still went out of the semi-final stage, but it was a much different story. You know, they were much, it was basically a toss of a coin, you know, one of those yeah. mad results that can happen. Um, and, you know, City are at that stage already. They've had two years of pep. It seems to have flown by. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he if he feels the same way because, yeah, last year was would have been stressful. But as Urban Spaceman says, everything's built around him. Everything is set up for him. He's got incredible support. You know, what he says goes more or less. You know, I think he's there's been a few battles he, he may have conceded to his to his bosses in terms of getting rid of players, but he certainly won a couple, such as getting rid of Joe Hart. So basically, yeah, this is unprecedented support for him in terms of his career so far. Um, and again, with the young players, you know, he is building something exciting and I'm sure you would want to stay and, and see that through. The only other thing, as you asked, you know, but is there still, you know, that that burnout that comes from his own approach and how stressed he is? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm absolutely certain that is the case. And I'd imagine he's already thinking about next season already. You know, I've I've been told what the task is for next season and it's it's just kind of, you know, forget about breaking records next year, 100 points and consecutive wins and that kind of thing because it, it's going to be different. What you need to do is, is do it on all four fronts, be you know, have a have the men, you know, develop the mentality of Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Barcelona in big games, um, and you know, not be so fallible in in the kind of you know Wigan, Liverpool games that have undone their chances in other ones. That's what that's what they're pushing for now. And you, my only concern in in terms of Guardiola not lasting five, six, seven years is he will still put in the same amount as effort um, as ever effort as ever and he will still demand as much from himself and his players so regardless of the support he gets I can see there being a time when he's tired and maybe the players are kind of a bit tired of it as well because they love it now and understandably because 
you know, they you know, a lot of them are winning the title for the first time and they've said they want to go again next season and win it. I think it might be next season they're gonna to have to kind of curb that enthusiasm, if you will, because they want to go again and maybe they're expecting the players. The players are expecting to to for it to be like this again. But I think Guardiola needs to kind of realign their expectations a bit, um, hope for individual improvements and collective improvements. And then if they do it again next year, you know, Guardiola is going to be just a demand in the year after. And as we saw at Bayern, you know, they were delighted when Ancelotti came in because they were yeah. like, oh, it's much less work on the training ground. It's much less intense. You know, this is really laid back. We like this. But then after a year, they obviously went, this is way too loose. We need a bit more discipline. We need a bit more <laughs> control. So that's just the fickle nature of footballers. And I can see it getting to a stage in a couple of years, maybe, where the players look a bit knackered, a bit burnt out, maybe a bit jaded. And it, it kind of like, we get to a stage where it's what Guardiola's done here has been great, but it, the narrative will be built around it being too tiring. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. So as much of the support as he gets, I just think there will be a time when he's too demanding for his own good again. So I think, yeah, maybe after four or five years, that'll be it. Duncan Castles is counting down the hours until that time. <laughs> yeah. well, I, bet, I bet Pep didn't take his shoes off in the Bayern or Barcelona offices, so it's a good sign. He seems that relaxed. Uh, but as you say, obviously, whilst everything's going well, the players are on a high, but when it goes wrong, I think we see with Mancini, yeah, sometimes it can be irretrievable and their attitude changes very quickly, but we shall see. Uh, right, well, let's look at... We've got a game, obviously, on Sunday that I thought was going to be important, uh, but isn't in a way now. Uh, Swansea on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Steve, mm-hmm. what, will this will this game be weird or will it just be a relaxed party? How do, uh, how do you think the players will approach it? There's still records to be, to be won, you know, to be broken here. Uh, yeah. But there's a World Cup coming up for most of the players... What's their man? What's their mentality and what an atmosphere? Why? I mean, Swansea, you know, need the points desperately. It is important for one of the teams. What? How do you see the game going in that respect? Well, I think your last point there um, is the most important of all points because you know Swansea are at home and the four points clear um, with a game in hand as well over the bottom three. But for them, you know, this this is early on in the season. We often hear now, don't we, about kind of. Um, Teams when they come up against you know City or or you know Liverpool or Chelsea or whatever they're kind of they're considered bonus games if you can get a point yeah. or three you know great but you know if he lose it's not the end of the world because that's not factored into their kind of you know uh, mandate and what they're hoping to achieve that season now though you know when when you're looking at kind of four games to go or whatever it is um, Swansea would be coming right at us you know they will be wanting and desperately needing a win so thankfully. I have the utmost faith in this team um, and you just have to look back at what Sam just said then about Pep and how driven he is. Um, they're not going to be kind of, you know, parading around the pitch, you know, like champions. That's not, that's not the psyche of this team at all. So it won't be weird in that regard. It'll be a league game. Yeah. It'll be a bit weird at the start with a guard of honour, um, <laughs> which kind of... I mean, it's a great touch, and, and you know, it's Swansea. Uh, was it Carvalho? A yeah. great kind of what he said this week is yeah. a bit of class. But I don't really want it. I don't really want the kind of on it. It makes it a bit weird, and it kind of it all kind of uh, disrupt the player's mentality uh, going into the game. So I think it'd be better, really, if, you know, points wise, if we didn't have that. Um, 
but as a, as a fan watching it, it won't be weird at all. It's our first game as champions, but we've won it so early that we've got several games left anyway. Um, yeah. So it's not going to have like an end of season, last game of the season, uh, knockabout in the sunshine feel about it anyway. But there's still plenty of points to and, to be had, and for City's sake, you know, plenty of records to be smashed. Yeah, I, I know you drugged up, but I should point out we're, we're at home on Sunday. But don't, don't oh, oh that that is entirely down to being heavily drugged up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the question was, you know, the did fans... I say Swansea at home? Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, I think yeah, you then. did, but I'll just... I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I may have done as well, yeah. Just anyone listening, I've had, well, three hours sleep in four days now, I think, so I'm, I'm looking to beat some kind of record <laughs> of my own. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, just in case you weren't aware. I, don't, I wouldn't want you travelling all the way down to Swansea <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> with a toothache. Oh, what They'd be moaning the lack of atmosphere when you got there. <laughs> just get there with raging toothache and an empty ground. <laughs> <laughs> Where is everyone? <laughs> uh, uh, Sam, what what do you think? Uh, do you think the players will care about the points record, or are they just are they on the beach? On, on I say on the beach, they, they will get long on the beach. A lot of them, but uh, are they already thinking ahead past past the end of the season? Yeah, it's one of the unknowns, isn't it? We we don't really know how City are going to react now, and you know, fair enough. There was the bit of a wobble where there was a lot riding on it, but you know. As we saw, they got back on track against Spurs and all season they've gone and got the job done. And you just wonder now if they think, oh, well, it's just a, a subconscious thing maybe. There is no pressure. Um, but at the same time, as I've said about Guardiola, he will be demanding, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll pick a strong team this weekend. Um, the only thing is Bravo needs four appearances to be not so much a medal. I think everyone gets a medal. Um, but to actually be classed as a champion, to have it as your, on your CV, as it were, you need five appearances, and he's, he needs four. And I'm, I'm just wondering at what point they're going to yeah. use Bravo, whether they'll bring him on or just play him. But I don't know. I think this weekend, given it's kind of, you know, it's the return home, it's, you know, celebration of the champions that go out and put on a show, I think. So I'm expecting it to be the strongest team or a very strong team um, and go out there and, show everyone what you're capable of um, whether that changes towards the end of the season I don't know but I think there's there's going to be a certain amount of momentum and adrenaline to go into this game and for that reason I kind of expect City to to put on a bit of a show Yeah I mean Bravo's only appearance is when Edison disgracefully headbutted on his foot <laughs> Yes uh, So yeah he needs for uh, Steve what do you think is it going to I mean, obviously, it's talk of putting the kids out here. So, how do you think Pep's gonna pick no. this team? Just put one in, put none in, treat it as if we're still going for the title and play the strongest team. I or is he gonna let people get those? Is he gonna let a number of players get up to five appearances? I don't know how many Foden and Diaz have had. They, I don't know. They probably I, I don't need know how, to. How, I think they need two each as well. No, it's two just appearances. Each. Because Bravo, obviously, Bravo's one is when he came on for Edison as a sub against yeah. Liverpool. So, yeah, it's just, you just chuck him on as a sub. Yeah. Well, that, that might well be a factor then as regards to the kind of, you know, who uh, inhabits a bench. But I, I'm expecting a, a really strong starting lineup this, this weekend. Um, you know, we've got no other commitments elsewhere, City. So it's it's a case of just picking a starting ele- uh, strongest 11 uh, and looking to break the records. Right. So Sam Finlow asks, which is more important to you, getting 100 points or giving the youth players some game time? 
So uh, I presume you've, you've answered first. that one. Absolutely. God, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's forever. I, I, I wrote a piece about kind of four or five months ago uh, about this, about kind of breaking records. It shouldn't be kind of uh, underestimated how important it is because I, I mean, I'm sure Sam does this as well. I'm sure a lot of people out there do this when they're writing about football. From time to time, you have to write an historical piece, you know, and um, let's, for example, say it's Chelsea in Mourinho's first first spell there. Uh, and you remember the, the general stuff. Uh, and then you go on Wikipedia and you go on this and that and you have to get your facts and figures right. And then sometimes something will just jump out and you go, Jesus Christ, I forgot how good that team were. You know, it, it's yeah. because it's there. It's in the record books. Um, and the future generations kind of come back to it and go, oh, that team was was special because you know they future generations wouldn't have seen kind of you know um, what we've seen this season. Okay, they might see some you know uh, memorable goals. You know, like for example, the um, uh, two goals against Stoke, for example, come to mind. You can imagine them kind of lasting it with a, a virtual kind of uh, fingerprint th- through time. Um, but it ultimately, it comes down to facts and figures. That's what p- this team will be gauged on in years to come. Um, and so it's it's immensely important. I really want us to smash as many records as, as possible. Yeah. Uh, Sam, one final question. Bit weird. Uh, <laughs> City have obviously won the league twice, Premier League, and it's been done on the last day. Uh, so there's been a celebration afterwards. We've got three home games left, I think. So there's plenty of time to celebrate this title win. Does that diminish a trophy parade still, or is it totally normal that we should still have one, which I think is on May the 14th. Yeah, it's May the 14th. I, I know what you mean. And I, I mean, it does in just in purely, in pure terms of like human psychology. You know, if you win, the, you know, nothing is ever going to top the Aguero moment. And then you've got that emotion spilling over into a title parade soon after. And obviously it was the first one for City and the circumstances of it, around it and everything. You know, there's just so much more, you know, joy and passion in that. But... Mm. The way City have had the title wrapped up all year, everyone's kind of known for so long, you know, basically since around Christmas, that it was going to be done. And then basically once it is, there's just a just a bit of relief that it actually was and then just celebration. And yeah, that's great. But yeah, when you know, when it's dangled in front of you and then oh, snatched away and then you just manage to grab it back, that's always going to be better. So mm. yeah, there's going to be, there'll be a parade. It probably won't be as well attended potentially as, as the previous ones. Um, oh, but God. I think that's oh, just, no. no, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stay imagine. off the internet, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, it's just a it's just a human psychology thing, you know. It's it's it goes. But I said this on on the Blue Moon podcast the other day. But this kind of debate goes back to, uh, you know, before you play a rival, there's always like a poll on Twitter: Would you rather win in the last minute with a last minute goal or beat them six nil? It's exactly the same approach to winning the title. You know, do you want to do it as City done it this year and just batter everyone and be so dominant, or do you want to do it like Aguero and have that one moment of celebration? And I think without that one big eruption of joy, the celebrations won't be quite as big as we've already seen on Sunday. But in terms of the achievement, it shouldn't take away from it. In terms of the enjoyment, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, and of course, parades for non-match goers as well. So uh, obviously, there's plenty of people who won't be at the matches who can go. Yeah, you know, to the parade instead. Yeah. And it might be kind of, you know, uh, the 2012 one was, was kind of, you know, crazy, basically. Yeah. Um, whereas this one might just be, 
like act like a more pleasant. family friendly, yeah. pleasant, fun, you know, nice kind of day. So you know, if there's nothing wrong with that, I'll be lovely. Yeah, but 2014 one, it pretty sure it chucked it down all day, and the clouds parted. Thank you, Shake Mansour, for sorting <laughs> the weather, uh, <laughs> which is possible, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, the Rolling, I'm sure the Rolling Stones had the clouds moved for one a concert in Moscow or something. Yeah, you can fly planes and tribal. get clouds moved. Honest. <laughs> anyway, the the clouds parted. It was the sunniest afternoon, so obviously it made a big difference. You don't want, you know. I know United had one way; it was absolutely chucking it down on a bank holiday, and you can understand people not wanting to go to that. So, uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to uh, going back to the match. A relaxed atmosphere on Sunday, you know, party atmosphere. Uh, yeah, and I hope the team put on a performance as well. Uh, I'll just finish off. Got a few, a couple more questions off uh, Twitter. Uh, Graham Ward's asked where next for Yaya, but I think we'll cover that later in the season because it's going to be very relevant then, and we can go into it on detail then because uh, I'm pretty damn sure that this will be the end of his career. So I think it deserves greater attention. Uh, Sam. Caleb Marquis, probably said that completely wrong. Will City repeat transfer mistakes of the past <laughs> title in summers and fail to really oh. strengthen or go big in the market? No, it's not. City, I mean, it's not just City, sorry, Chelsea and Leicester, yeah, yeah. where it had some appalling post-title uh, transfers. And they always say strengthen when you're, you know, from your strongest position. So I can't see Pep uh, relaxing this summer. A City's still going to keep going big. Yeah, well, in in that respect, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say I'm not expecting them to spend another 200 million or 150 million net spend or whatever. But you know, this I think that there might there's probably some truth in that Mbappe thing. You know, if if he can be mm. got for about 150 odd million, then I think they'll do it. So maybe they will. But you know, you know, they've they're going to target. Um, a defensive midfielder and a forward as they wanted in January because you know they've known what they've wanted for a while now um, and yeah there may even be a centre back as well um, I'm not I'm not entirely sure if that decision's been made I think it's I think it must be pretty obvious that they're looking at some um, but yeah I think it's, it sounds like it might be Jorginho for defensive midfield I'm not 100% certain on that, otherwise I'd have written it already, but I'm a bit more confident saying it in conversation here. So, Jorginho could be the one for there, and then up front, I'm I'm really not sure. I'd heard they'd narrowed their options down to to two, but, you know, if someone like Mbappe gets chucked on the market at the last minute because of PSG's FFP, then City will look at it, and they wanted to get him last summer. So, yeah, I think there's probably an element of truth in that. But no, I think City will keep pushing, and they won't rest on their laurels, obviously. You know, that's just... Well, I think the club would have learned their lesson from the 2012 transfer window, which was, you know, a, a grade A example of how not to back up a title-winning yeah. squad. And Guardiola wouldn't allow it either. You know, he wouldn't. He's not a man for resting yeah. on his laurels. And as we've already seen, you know, they wanted they wanted to build on the squad in January. You know, ju- not just for yeah. next season, but to help them win the Champions League this time. So they know exactly what they want. Um, they'll get two or three players if if nobody big leaves. I, I would imagine. Um, the transfer ban is obviously not going to happen. That's not going to stand in their way. So I think they're well set up. They know what they want to do. Um, they've got the money to do it. And yeah, crack on. I think I think they'll I think they'll make sure they're they're in a very strong position for the start of next season. Because like I said, there's you know they they know they're going to need a change of mentality next season, and they want to go on all, all four fronts more than they did this year. Yeah. 
Well, uh, that Jorginho links ex- explains why United have been linked with him in the past week. It's like yeah. uh, we yeah. just do the scouting for them. And for uh, uh, Steve, one last question for you. Mm-hmm. I see Harris Ahmed asks, do you think Sane has had a better season than Sterling? He thinks not. And I'm kind of inclined to agree. Uh, he says, Sterling has scored pivotal goals and pulled us through in numerous games, and yet no one bats an eye when he isn't included in the team of the year. But I have a problem that Sane isn't. How do you judge these two now that the season's almost over? I'm inclined to agree as well because um, I think with Sane, there's a consistency there um, and an excellence there too. With Raheem, what we've witnessed is a, a, a quite brilliant transformation, which you know he should take the bulk of the credit for, but also obviously Pep and the coaching staff too. Um, what we've seen from him this season, I didn't expect. Well, or rather I did, but not to this extent. Um, and his the late goals he scored and just his character as well is important. Um, and what I would say as well with Sterling, what's the biggest surprise for me this season, uh, I'm talking cr- across the board here as well, the biggest kind of, you know, oh, kind of something I wasn't expecting was when Sterling's not playing, and then he comes on, yeah. the difference he makes. Yeah. Now that was entirely unexpected to me because I, you know, regardless of how I viewed him as a player, I certainly didn't have him down as that type of player. You know, where he's kind of um, instrumental and kind of formative, and and you know, um, a, a lot is based around him. I did not have him down as that kind of player, and that's the kind of player he now is. He's yeah. incredibly important to us. So is Sane too, and this is not to diminish Sane, but um, for that reason. And for his goals and his impact and his his vast improvement, uh, I, I'd go for Raheem. Uh, I was I was really disappointed he wasn't selected in the team of the year. Um, yeah. I was really surprised that Sergio was, um, only because Sergio has had better seasons. Well, it's funny you should mention the team of the year because I've asked you all to name it. Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, obviously, Sterling misses big, easy chances, uh, and that's... That cl- I've, I've, I've cloud come to judgments, that. but it affects judgments. Yeah, uh, but he has. I think he's a more important member of the team. But I mean, splitting hairs in a way. I think they're both going to be world stars. Yeah, if you look at their age, I, I really, yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's comparing two wonder, wonderful players that you know. Uh, yeah, I'd just be happy we've got them both. To be honest. Uh, but, I mean, Sane's so uh, important to us because he's yeah. the out-and-out winger that, you know, and he's very, very good at being an out-and-out winger and hugging the touchline and offering us such whip. Um, but, you know, again, we, we look back at Sterling and, and I didn't anticipate how kind of formative he can be in the central role. Um, so, yeah, I, I love them both. It's Don't make me choose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, right, very finally, we're almost out of time. So I've put... Just a bit of fun with P. It's a team of the year. I, ha- I hate these things, really, but I've done one myself, uh, and I just will be very brief with this because obviously the PFA team of the year was out, and it always always gets lots of people arguing. I'll be honest. There's twenty. There's twenty five players that I wouldn't be angry at seeing a team in you know a team of the year. I'd probably say that most seasons. So to be like, you know, if there's always players that that miss out that shouldn't, you know that have a good case. Uh, now, I've gone for De Gea, because I had to put United player in. Walker, Otamendi, Vertonghen, Robertson, Fernandinho, 
De Bruyne, Eriksen, Sterling, Salah and Kane. Now, State, what's mm-hmm. yours? <laughs> <laughs> and I should explain what I, uh, we discussed this beforehand. Robertson, you, you question, has it been that good? I don't think it's been a great year for left-backs. Obviously, I don't think Alonso has been quite yeah. as brilliant as some said. But the, the bottom line is I haven't watched every minute of every other team's games. Uh, so there is always some, unless you watch every single game, there's some guesswork here. Uh, you can put, you know, you could put Burnley's central defenders in, you could put uh, Newcastle central, you know, for the great jobs they've done. Uh, and the midfield is just a minefield, really. I mean, you know, you could put Aguero, uh, I think Firmino's great. Firmino is a great player. Uh, I know. I like him as much as Liverpool fans do and others, you know, for the pressing and the teamwork he puts in. So it is such a difficult decision, really. But uh, have you got a team of the year as well? I do. And I think um, when you said about left-backs, that explains my choice of left-back. Um, in goal, I'd have Edison because he has just kind of reinvented goalkeeping in, in British football, so that should be rewarded. Uh, Walker, right-back, Otamende, and go for Tarkowski, and I would go for Ashley Young as left back. And well, I like, I do like Young as a footballer. Yeah, I think he's been fantastic this season, and it's not his natural position, and he deserves a lot of credit for that for kind of you know um, transforming his kind of career really, which was on the slide. Um, there's no reflection on how I view him as a person. Um, I loathe the man. Uh, but uh, as as a left back, I will have him in my team of the year. Uh, in midfield, Fernandinho, De Bruyne, Eriksen, uh, and up front, oh, this is where it's a minefield, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. really tricky. I'd have Raheem in there, uh, and I'd have Salah. Um, so uh, the third one, I'm tempted not even to go with a striker, not even to go for Kane or, or uh, Sergio, and, and have um, Sane in there. So I'd have Sterling, Sane, and Salah. I thought you were going to put Edison up front then. <laughs> or defensive midfield. I'd have him as left back. Oh, I should have gone for him for left back. Yeah. That's what it started out as, wasn't it? Yeah. Missed opportunity. Oh, I've got for actually young now. <laughs> uh, Sam, what's your team then? Yeah, I've gone Tejaya, Valencia, Chris Smalling. No, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I have actually I'm got... I'm nodding my head here. Good choices, good choices. <laughs> the thing is, I have actually got Tejaya in there, but it's one of those mad things with these teams. Like the, the official PFA one had Ericsson in there and it's like, well, he was holding in that midfield. They're never going to play. But if this team did play and it was Guardiola yeah. as the manager, they would, it would have to be Edison. And I do think Edison's got more to his game. But for some reason, I just kind of feel obliged to put De Gea in. And yeah. also, I don't want to be that bloke who puts 11 City players in. So De Gea, even Walker... I'm not, even I'm not being that bloke. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, De Gea, Walker, Otamendi, Vertonghen, Marcos Alonso at left-back. But again, Dalf has barely put a foot wrong at left-back. Particularly yeah. in the Premier League. Mm. This is the Premier League team of the year. Um, I could have easily done Delph. I've got Fernandinho, De Bruyne and Silva. Um, and up front, I've gone the same with the PFA ones, Salah, Aguero and Kane. I could have easily put Sterling in. And in fact, I did when I wrote this down before the podcast. But Kane is just something else, isn't he? You know, Sterling's had an yeah. excellent season, but Kane is phenomenal. Salah has had a phenomenal season. I mean, you, you couldn't not put um, Salah in. Uh, I think Aguero has been great and I don't want to be that bloke who takes Aguero out of the team either because God knows <laughs> there's people who think I've got it in for him already. Uh, but I think I also think he deserves it. So as much as it is kind of harsh for Sterling in particular not to get in, and Firmino, as you say, I completely agree with you. I really like Firmino. Um, I, I, 
I just think I have to stick with with the PFA's three because they're all such formidable players. And mm. the other players are great as well, but it's a cutthroat business, this. Maybe not quite as great yet as the three that, that I've gone for. Yeah. Well, it's not like easy, is it? I've already put Ericsson in because I couldn't put David Silva. I didn't want to put too many City players in, but I yeah, wouldn't exactly. swap Ericsson for David Silva ever. So it is. No, it's but not I, easy, I do love Ericsson. I do love watching Ericsson. He's, he's one of the rare treats yeah. of watching Spurs. Um, yeah. But like I said on Twitter this week, I mean, the Sergio getting it this year is like when Scorsese got rewarded with uh, an Oscar for The Departed. You know, it, it's he deserves it, unquestionably so, but, you know, he should have been in the team of the year last kind of four or five years running. Um, this year, it's not been his best season. Yeah, it's, it's still got, well, in all competitions, it's 30, is it 31 goals now? Oh, yeah, he's always going to score, though. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I like Sun as well at Spurs, but you know, there's just no room for players like that at all. Uh, I, th- I think we can all agree Sean Dyche is the manager. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, brilliant. I think uh, we've won out of time. So thank you very much, Sam. Uh, Cheers, uh, Thanks very much, Steve, and difficult circumstances. Thank you. Get I well forgot soon. we were at home. <laughs> yeah, and don't drive to Swansea on Sunday. <laughs> There's literally nothing of interest going on there. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with a review of the Swansea game and a lot more besides next week. So until next time, goodbye. <laughs>